0: for today. Wonderful worship. Hallelujah. (laughs) Pastor Kirby already preached for y'all. He already preached that that power of uh, exhortation. The gift of exhortation is a powerful thing because what it does is it realigns, it's realigning the royal priesthood. Whenever you see him doing that, that means the father's not satisfied with worship. That's what that means. The father's not satisfied with our level of worship, and he needs us to take it higher. When we understand that our level of worship brings presence, and I can tell you right now that your expectation of what he's about to do for you don't expect it if you don't have presence. All right? If, you don't, if you're not carrying the presence or the capacity to hold the thing that he is trying to give you, you should not expect it. So he's observant of our spiritual life. He knows of you in a secret place. He knows. He knows of you in a secret place. and you know amen because you feel it you feel the weight of the weight of glory you can feel the way you can feel the presence on you that presence lets you know that it's on the way i know the ministry from the girl because i feel it (laughs) not not just in the sense of the presence but what used to bother me don't bother me no more what used to wreck my mind this is what let me get in this word because uh That's how you know you're maturing. What used to bother you doesn't bother you. You gloss over it. It was a time when they came, uh, it was a time when, when, when Paul first got saved and they came to get him and they had to hide him. Then it was a time where they came after Paul and he stood. It was a time when they came after Paul and he ran, and then it was a time when he got stoned for preaching, and went back in the city to continue. Certain things you don't do on the first day. You have to you have to build yourself up to handle that. By the time he got bit by that snake, the Bible said he shook it off. And it's hard to shake off somebody talking about you. <laughs> somebody forgot your name. The father did that on purpose. Because where he's taking you, attacks are high level. Somebody forgetting about your name, talking about you, that's low level. Somebody stepping on your shoes, that's low level. They spit on Jesus, slapped him, and he died for them. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. He knew what they was doing. They didn't know what they was doing. So he was able to endure it. Same thing with Stephen. Stephen is just preaching the gospel. He just got chose. The multitude just chose him to preach. They looked over the congregation. They said, look, we, we can't be waiting tables. We can't be doing that. They said, we have to tend to the word and to prayer. He said, the congregation, y'all choose seven people who are full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Let them handle that matter. Now, why would they have to be full of faith and the Holy Spirit? Because that attack was coming. In the middle of preaching, he got stoned. Bible said he looked up in heaven, seeing Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And what did he do? He repeated what Jesus said. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You got to be built for this. You have to be built for this. You got to get past kindergarten. You got to get past high school. This is you got to graduate from college. Remember, we're not repairing your we're not repairing your human life. If if you came here to get your situation fixed, this is the wrong place. We build gods. You have to have a mindset of, I'm going to give him all. All. All of my life. Not some of my life. All of my life. He wants it all. Ain't that a song? He wants it all. He don't want some. He wants it All. Jesus said, "If you're going to save it, you're going to lose it. He wants it all. He wants the good things and he wants the bad things. He wants the things that you don't think that are broken, that are. <laughs> he wants all of you. He wants your prayer life. He wants you fasting. He wants all of you. He wants your family, your children. Every woman in the Bible was barren until she decided that she was going to give it to him. Let me get out of here. Let me stop. Let's get to good. If you're barren, make your mind up that what you're about to give birth to, you're going to give it to him. And until you make that decision, there will be no, no pregnancy. All right, let's get in the word for today. We can close, can't we? Just go home. We good. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So we in our series, The Church, Soul Battles, and Deliverance. The church are those who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. The church are those who have decided that I'm going to cooperate with your will. I'm going to be light. I'm going to be salt. I'm going to be a city set on a hill. It's those who have made up in their mind, I'm going to be an ambassador. I'm not going to play around with prayer. I'm not going to play around with fasting. I'm not going to play around with my word time. I want this. Whatever you predestined for me, that's what I want. That's the church. Because when you're a part of the church, your life is on call. You don't get to move when you want to. You get to move when he tells you. Then we have soul battles. And soul battles happen because of two things, either because of ignorance or disobedience. It's either what you don't know or what you will not do. It's either what you do not know because you have not investigated, you have not studied, or you have studied it, but you won't do it for whatever reason. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the flesh. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's stubbornness. Sometimes it's a religious mind. Sometimes it's traditional. Sometimes it's my family. And if I do this thing, I know they're gonna ostracize me. And it creates soul battles. Battles of the mind. Then there's deliverance. And deliverance is to be rescued to be brought to safety than to be preserved. The Bible says he pulled us out the kingdom of darkness and he brought us into the kingdom of his son. That was deliverance. He rescued us and he transferred us, translated us from darkness into light. He rescued us. So when you ask somebody, do you want to be saved? What you really asking them, do you want to be rescued? because we're not saved, we're born again. But the born again process is you being rescued. You didn't choose him. Come on, talk to me, talk to me. You didn't choose him, he chose you. He chose to deliver you, you didn't choose him. I know you think you chose him. I know you think you chose to come to church today. I know you, but it was that situation, it was that circle. He chose you. Adoption. He walked into the orphanage, and he chose you. Out of your family members, out of your friends, he chose you. And he said, I'm going to use you to be light, to be salt. I'm going to use you to win them. I'm going to use you to win your family. Your prayer life is important. You have no idea. You can compare your family to Nineveh. All right. Let's keep it going. You can compare your your family to Nineveh. If you decide that you are not going to do the thing that he has ordained for you to do, what's left? Whale breath. Whale breath. Because he loves your family too much to let you be sluggish and slowful. He going to force you into it. He going to put both his both his hands in your back because he loves your family. He loves you too, but he loves your family. <laughs> so he going to push you into prayer. You like ain't nothing working out? Nope, cuz you ain't cuz you ain't working. So deliverance Deliverance is not, we have deliverance that was prior to the New Testament. We have Jesus casting out devils of people who could not be saved. Now, we still cast out devils, but that's not what deliverance is to the Son of God. That's not what deliverance is to the child of God. And we're not, I refuse, I refuse to lead a ministry of people who need deliverance every week. I refuse to. I, ref- I will quit. No, I won't. I'm just playing. But, but I refuse to, to, to manipulate y'all into tears, and I know it ain't going to work. I refuse to have y'all up here weekend after week crying to, to God. Help, help, no. Be a child. You want to be, become a child. Like I told you last week, God, this ain't about God. This ain't even about Jesus, right? This is about Him, a father and his children. He don't want to be God. He was God before he created the planets. He was God before he said, let there be light. He was God before he created heaven and earth. He was in eternity bored, yawning. Oh, I don't know what to do. Let me create some humans, some children. Let me create heaven and earth and put children there that I can parent. That's the only reason why we're here. We're not here just to tell him how great he is. We're here to hear him tell us how great we are. So the title of today's teaching is Deliverance by Demolition. Okay, deliverance by demolition. Now, if you're if you're a Bible reader and you know anything about the Book of Corinthians, um, it's two books, but there are really three of them, and two, the Second Corinthians is a combination of two books. If you were in We're going to come from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to do verses 1 through 10. That's it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is talking about tithes. He's talking about offering. He's talking about giving. All right? And then all of a sudden, you see a shift and a switch in Scripture, and he just starts to talk about spiritual warfare. And in verse 10... This is really the beginning of a letter. In verse 10, he says, Now I, Paul, myself, appeal to you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble among you in person, but bold towards you when absent. Now, Paul is speaking as a father, because how many of y'all know when a father is in your presence, reverence is high? But when a father is out of your presence, you know, come on. <laughs> if you got kids, you know your kids, the way they act in front of you, they might, they, those are not your real kids. <laughs> How your children act in front of you, those are not your real children. Don't be deceived. Okay, don't be deceived. That conversation that they have with, when you're around is totally different than the conversation that they have with their friends. And so Paul knew that. Paul knew that. So he says, when I'm in their presence, I'm meek, I'm humble because of their reverence. And he's fathering them. He says, but when I'm away, I know how you think. So my letters are more bolder. Verse two, he says, I beg you that when I am present, I would not need to be bold with the confidence by which I plan to challenge certain people who think we are behaving according to the flesh. So Paul was, in his attempt to be meek, he would write letters of boldness. And people, as you will see in the end, they would challenge Paul. And they would tell Paul that when you're in our presence, you, you ain't as strong as you are in your letters. And so Paul says, I'm going to have to approach them and let them know that who I am before the church and who I am away from the church is the same person. But he said what their issue is, is they think that when I get bold, that it's of the flesh. And so verse three, he says, for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Now that word flesh right there means human body. He says, although we live in a human body, I don't wage war according to the human body. Okay, although we live in this physical body, when people upset us, we don't knuckle up. We ain't snatching nobody by their collar. We ain't pulling out no guns. That's not how we wage warfare. Verse 4 says, since the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or they are not fleshly but are powerful through God say through God for the demolition of strongholds so the power that we have through God is to demolish strongholds it's to demolish strongholds say my stronghold so the power if you want to know if you have power, then can you demolish your own stronghold? He says, our weapons of warfare are not carnal. Now, weapons are, are tools, they're instruments. It could be a strategy. Anything you use to, to, to fight war in war. Anything you use to fight in war is a weapon. It could be a toothpick. When it's time to go to war, anything you use to get the advantage and to fight the enemy becomes a, a weapon. So he says the weapons of our warfare, he said they are not carnal, which means they are not under control or governed by the human nature. They are not under control or governed by the animal appetite, which the human nature and the animal appetite are one and the same. That's what carnality is. It's when you can't control your appetite. It's when your appetite pulls you into something, and you can't control it. How many, of us, how many of us dealing with that right now in some area of life? Come on, y'all, stop playing. Stop playing. You know your flesh pull you out of prayer. You've been on a fast, and you keep looking at the refrigerator. Why you keep walking in the refrigerator? Because your flesh is on a timing your flesh, you, your flesh has been telling you what to do your whole life. You know you're on a fast. Why you keep looking in the refrigerator? Because your flesh is in control. That's why I tell you, when you flesh, journal the things that your flesh do. Journal when you come off of your fast because you can't. All right. When I get to talking about stuff like that, y'all get quiet, and y'all get to acting like... You, <sighs> It means, carnal means, that on the seat of your soul, Adam is still reigning. The animal instinct, the animal appetite is still ruling. In the the developing of your soul, your soul has seats. Your soul is the central uh, station of your spiritual life, and it has a seat. And it's either the Adam, the carnal life, the human nature is on that, or it's Christ. So he says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So our weapons should not be used for our animal instincts. We should not get mad and talk. (laughs) Come on. We should not get frustrated, then speak. Because what happens, it brings out the animal. It brings out the human nature. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells us this. It says that it was once upon a time, it says, Chad, that we should love our neighbors and hate our enemies. But he said now, why? Because there's a nature change. He said love your enemies and pray for those, Stevens. Pray for those that use you. You got to grow up. You got to get past the fact that they made you mad to pray. You have to lose you to take on the assignment. The Father sent them there to make you mad to see if you were going to pray. If you fail, it's going to be another one. You're going to retake the test. If you want the next level, because on the next level, they're offensive. But on the next level, with maturity, you just shrug it off. You just keep going he's trying to raise us he's trying to grow us up we're fighting against it so Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through God so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but what spiritual so when we get into to any debacle and when we get into any situation we are to go for what spiritual weapons but we have to fine tune our ear to hear that. And the spiritual weapon we use in Divine Generation Church is practicing righteousness. That's a weapon. That's a weapon. Prayer. Prayer is a weapon. It's a weapon against dullness and lack of spiritual sensitivity. Prayer is you communicating with the Father. It is because of prayer that you are built up. It is because of prayer that you are sensitive to the Spirit. Prayer is where you get your reward from the Father. It's a weapon. Some situations you went through and you forgot about prayer. Come on now, clap if, clap if I'm talking the truth. If I'm telling the truth, you forgot about it. You didn't even consider it. Another one is fasting. Fasting. Fasting is discipline of the spirit. It's us intentionally, Charles, trying to destroy the flesh. It's us intentionally. So, fasting is a weapon against carnality. If you're not fasting, you're carnal. If you can't fast, you're carnal. If you can't do a three day fast without eating, you are carnal. And you have no hopes of achieving your destiny. You're going to be a low level of yourself. Okay, let's get the air. But come on, clap your hands, clap your hands, <laughs> clap your hands. <laughs> let's get the air back in the balloon. All right. I'm. Don't show up here if you don't want to grow. Don't show up here if you don't want to grow. I'm all about growth. I have no time to tell you Jesus died on the cross and you got a place in heaven. No, this ain't that church. This is the church that said Jesus died on the cross so God can have you as a child, and now you have to grow up and be like him. And that's the expectation and nothing less. So let's get back to this, okay? Giving is a weapon. Giving is a weapon against selfishness. It's the only way the Father knows you're generous. It's the only way he knows that you're like him. Is that you give. You have to give time. You have to give honor. You have to give money. You have to give your gifts and your talents. But ultimately, giving is a weapon against selfishness. Word time. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. Jesus is in the wilderness. That's what I'm telling you. We make this thing too deep. We're trying, to, we trying to fight Satan like he's 10 foot. The Bible says when you see him, you're going to be like, is that the one? Is he the one? If you got a chance to stand in a ring and actually physically fight Satan, you would laugh. You would laugh. It's like, you remember the movies we used to watch and Mr. Big be behind the curtain? And then when Mr. Big come out, it's like this little dude running the whole operation. (laughs) This is what it's like. My proof is Jesus just said it is written. Jesus got rid of him just by saying what? It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. It is written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. He just held to the word. So what does that mean? He had to have some word time. So Word time is a weapon against ignorance and deception. If you don't, he told you, put on the armor of God. You cannot put on the armor of God if you don't know the parts. Put on salvation. If you can't explain salvation right now, you can't put it on. You can say it, I'm putting on salvation. What does salvation mean? It means healing. It means prosperity. It means deliverance. It means you have a right to good relationships. You have a right to be healthy. You have a right to have your purpose and your destiny. So he said, put on salvation. If you don't know the words, you can't put on salvation. You can't walk in the peace of the gospel if you don't know what the gospel is. If you think Jesus just died on the cross so you can have a spot in heaven, that ain't the gospel. That's not good news. A seat in heaven after you die and you don't know when you're going to die. <laughs> so so you're going to get complacent. Because you're waiting Okay, let me make sure I'm, I'm right. They used to tell us that make sure you don't go to sleep mad because if you go to sleep mad and you wake up, you're going to be in hell. Farthest from the truth is ever, but that was, the, that's, that was the foundation. That's all they knew. So I'm not making fun of them. I'm just, it's just a thing of I'm letting you know that it's bigger than that. You have to know that God design, designed this thing so that you can be his child. When he sent Jesus as a ransom it was to get you back it was to bring you back to the original plan that he intended that's why you keep saying renew redeem restore it's all to get it get back the thing that he wanted and so you have to get in the word and understand what the gospel is really about he made you just like jesus he didn't make you to to uh, uh, you're not coming this ain't a come to jesus moment This is a become like Jesus moment. All right. This ain't a come to Jesus moment. This is a conform to the image of my son, so he can be the firstborn of many. And if you don't know that, you don't think he's for you. You think you think that that he looks at your sins more than he looks at the fact that you're trying. Am I teaching? So you need word time. You have to have word time. Because this is where most soul battles happen. I'm a Christian. I know God. How many times have you heard that? We were trying to outreach the other day, and I felt sorry for this woman. She said, I don't need no card. I've been a Baptist for 57 years. I was like, hmm. Have a nice day, ma'am. Father said, one plant, one water. I plant it. I let somebody else water that. (laughs) 57 years. There's no way you're in baptism, you know the Father. I shouldn't have said that. Am I good? Am I good? I had to check with the squad. Am I good? Jesus ain't had no welling bench. Okay. Fellowship (laughs) is a spiritual weapon. It's where you receive counsel. It's where you see examples. I tell people all the time, there's no way me and my wife have a strong marriage if we're not in the body of Christ and have our marriage around other marriages. You take your marriage and sit behind closed doors, it'll be a wreck. It's going to be a wreck. You take your marriage behind closed doors. Brother, look, I'm telling you right now. Ladies, the brothers in the church is going to help develop him to a husband. You hear me? Stop, (laughs) Shanique. Brothers, the women in the church are the ones going to help develop her into a wife. If you try to do it, you're going to be frustrated, upset, agitated. Just take her to church. We go on to prayer. Oh, we're going to be there on Sunday. What y'all got on Saturday? <laughs> when we was in church, we got a chance to see good examples. We got a chance to see bad examples. We got a chance to, when men pull me to the side, you don't talk to your wife like that. That's not how you treat your wife. It was time they pulled her to the side and said, you don't talk to your husband like that. That's not, you need to be in fellowship. The father, watch this. If he said, If he said that Jesus, he wanted us to conform to the image of his son so that he could be the firstborn of many. Family. 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 You grow better in family than you do without family. You look at the strongest people out there who. who, Family. It's family. It's family. If you don't have a strong support system, it's going to be hard to go anywhere. So fellowship is a a spiritual weapon, atmosphere. When you come here and you feel the presence, and you go home and you can't get that, it make you question. But we're here to teach you how to worship so what we get here, you can get at home. But you don't know. That's why we keep telling you, clap. (laughs) That's why we keep telling you, praise. You feel me? That's why we keep telling you, stand up. We're telling you this is where you're training. We're training you because you, If I bet you ain't at home doing that. If you're at home just sitting and you ain't doing nothing, then ain't ain't no answers happening. You're going to be up around your house walking, clapping, yelling, screaming. Father, I thank you right now for what you are doing. For- yeah. And if you ain't doing that at home, you're not going to do it here. So when you come here and you see the people, just join in. Feel like, feel like you need to fit in here. When you get in the world, don't fit in. <laughs> You get in here, you see somebody yelling, acting crazy, join them. You don't know why? Just ask after service. Why is she screaming, hallelujah? <laughs> 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 just join in. It's going to get chaotic. The atmosphere going to... But that's why fellowship is important. And understand this. As a spiritual father, I'm proxy of God. Of the father you you feel me I'm standing in his stead that's it my job is to get you to hear him as a father when you hear him as a father watch this you're gonna join me in what we're doing (laughs) my job is when I tell you to pray where did I get that from the father Jesus said he only do what the father tell him to do and Jesus said when you pray so when you come to church I tell you pray Why? Because Jesus told the Father, and as your spiritual father, I'm just repeating it. When I tell you to fast, I'm I'm only telling you because Jesus said, when you fast, he even told you how to do it. He said, don't look disheveled. He said, wash your face. Don't walk around looking like, I'm fasting. I ain't eating five days. (laughs) (laughs) Don't walk around looking. He He told you how to do it. He said, when you give. He said, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't stand on the, on the rooftop. He even told you how to do it. So when I come to you and tell you to do it, you need to hear it as if it's the Father speaking to you. Now, if I tell you show up at my house and wash my car, that's depending on how well of a giver you are. No, just like <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. If you don't show up, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Hey, you can tell me no. You can't tell him no. I'm not just telling you to do, to do word time. The Bible says you got to study to show yourself approved unto God. So if he's looking at you like this, okay, you don't even know the word. I can't give you all that. You ask me for a million dollars and you don't even know how to give. You ask me for a million and you don't even know how to practice righteousness. Just think about what you're asking me for and think about, are you ready for that thing? I tell my kid, if you can't keep this room clean, no way you get in the car. The room don't even move. <laughs> so we just, we're just here proxy to get you to a place. Amen? So let me get back to the teacher. So he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So the weapons of our warfare are what? Spiritual. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down or to the demolition or the demolition of what? Strongholds. And I know a little bit about demolition. When I was in the military, I was a combat engineer. And the crazy thing about it is I had just got out of construction school and I went into the military. And I told them I wanted to go in for heavy equipment. That's what I just had graduated for. I graduated from college from heavy equipment, blueprint, and surveying. All right? And so I go into the military, and I tell them, you know, this is what I want to do. And they tell me, well, this is what the job do. Come to find out, the job didn't do that at all. But what did the job do? Demolition. So I find myself probing, pulling mines out the ground. I find myself dealing with TNT and C4. So I know a little bit something about demolition. So when we talk about deliverance by demolition, we're talking about destroying a thing. One time we built what they call a Bangalore and all it is is a pipe about three to six feet long and you stuff it with C4. Okay? And I think we made like two or three of them. And we went out to the range, and there were like two trees laid down. They were like 20, 20, 30 feet tall. And they were laying on the ground. And we put those things up under there. Rolled the dead cord back, got on the thing, fired in the hole. Boom! Walked back over there. Not a toothpick. Not a toothpick no sawdust nothing the tree was demolished that's what he's talking about when he says that we demolish strongholds that's what he's talking about when a stronghold is demolished there's no sight of it again there's no sign of it again because a stronghold is simply it's a wall it's a wall that you build by incorrect thinking incorrect motives. You build up a wall. And you build that wall up so much that you stop hearing people. It happens all the time in church. That's why people stop showing up. They build a wall up against their own mind because they don't want to change. So they'll build a wall up. They'll build a wall up and they don't want to hear anything you say. And now they need deliverance. Now they need a whole crew of people to come and pull it out of them. But Paul said that the power that we have, he said that the power, he said, the, he said that the power that we have through God is just for that purpose. Now, I'm teaching you this because you have to de- learn how to destroy your own strongholds. You build it, you destroy it. Nobody can destroy your, 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 your stronghold because your strongholds come from the way you think. If we're gonna destroy the stronghold, we have to change what? The way that you think. And so a stronghold is it's a fortress. You use it to protect you, to protect your ideologies. I don't have to come to church. The church ain't the building. <laughs> That's a stronghold. Proverbs ten twenty nine is not up there for my note takers. It says the way of, a Lord, of the Lord is a stronghold for the upright. So. We're destroying strongholds to build strongholds. So the word of God should be a stronghold. Every time you hear a word, you should be building bricks to the point where the world can't get in. That's why Jesus was able to say when it came to Satan, ain't none of him in me. It's a stronghold there. The Bible said that the ways of the Lord is a stronghold to those who walk in righteousness. That's why we pray in tongues, to build ourselves up. To build ourselves up. So we're tearing down one stronghold, we're demolishing the stronghold that is demonic, to build up a righteous stronghold, which is what we call, watch this, a standard. Now, Let's even take it further. The the Bible says that the greatest commandment is that we do what? Love the Lord with all. Come on, say all. All my mind, all my heart, all my soul, all my understanding, all my strength. And so let's move away from strongholds in a sense of fortress and let's move into rooms. A stronghold is when you have a barricade over a room and the spirit can't get in. We put strongholds over our perception. If there's a stronghold over your mind, that means that door is blocked and nobody can get in that door. And behind that door is a suffering child. Behind that door is a pouting child. I loved the when I was at the leadership poor, and he said, I, I'm glad somebody else said it. Powding is the beginning. Powding is witchcraft. It's witchcraft. Complaining is witchcraft. But it comes from strongholds. I can't let my opinion go. Although it goes against the word. Powding shows you're not ready to fight. For your purpose, for your destiny, it shows you're not ready to fight. That's what it shows. You're not ready to fight. So he's going to take you on a journey to build you. So what it could have done in 11 days, it took 40 years. I'm watching, folks. Your destiny is right there. But you won't let go of what you think. You won't let go of how you feel. And it has nothing to do with Scripture. Turn me up in this mic a little bit. It has nothing to do with Scripture. So, so our rooms are blocked so that's why you intentionally you have to open those rooms up you have to open those doors up and you have to allow the spirit to get in you have to open it up how do you open it up by renouncing how do you open it up by rejecting how do you open it up by giving the father permission father remove this thing What I can't re- when, when I can't renounce Abba you remove it what I don't see, Father, you remove it. I got to invite the light of the word in there so everything that is dark can be extinguished. I have to have the fire of the Holy Spirit in there so it can purify and refine and clean every room. This is how you destroy strongholds. You, put, you stand on that word. You don't have to understand it. You will never understand it. What we think we understand, we don't understand. <laughs> We don't understand. I told you last week. We live in earth and we don't understand 1% of it. We haven't, you, how long you been with yourself and you don't even know you? What you called to do? What he predestined you to do? You don't even know. <laughs> well, how you know somebody else's business? I know what they're thinking. Really? <laughs> Tell me what you're thinking and why. Okay, let me keep on. But you have to open those rooms up the rooms to your mind, your perception, your understanding. It needs to be changed. Jesus said, Repent. Change your mind. Your heart has to be changed. He said, The Holy Spirit pours out love into your heart to deal with what? All those rooms that deal with abandonment and rejection envy, strife, malice, deceit. If you don't let the spirit in, it stays in there and you locked it. You got, you got, you got, you got it boarded up, double-doored, and you won't let nobody in. And then we'll say, I, I'm getting blessed. No, you're not. You're getting pitied. He's given to you in hope that you'll change. You have to open up the doors of your heart, of your soul. Your appetite needs to change. You have to to be a fervent prayer. You have to be a fervent prayer. Fervent means love and intensity. You don't just pray with intensity. You have to love it. You have to love prayer. Father, help us in the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. you don't want to pray. You're doing it because he said do it, and you, and you want a blessing, but you don't want to pray. He see you. <laughs> you're not fooling nobody. The bad part about it is you're trying to fool yourself. It's okay to try to fool other people. It's crazy to try to fool the father, but it's stupid to try to fool yourself. You know you're not genuine what you're doing. You know it. You know your heart ain't right. And you still, well, why ain't nothing happening? Come on, stop playing. <laughs> don't show up here, you don't want to grow. I tell you, my path. I had to grow to here. I had to fight, destroy, get rid of stuff. I had to abandon family. When you don't want to be attached to the tree no more, you gotta, you gotta displace yourself from the root. Because the root is containing the soil. It's eaten from the soil. You need to be connected to the father he said connect yourself to the vine why cuz the vine is rooted in where heaven and eternity So we must destroy strongholds to establish strongholds We have to demolish strongholds You have to demolish it I don't want to think like this no more I don't want to feel like this no more. I don't want to walk like this no more. I am changing. When you get to that place, it's demolished. Now the spirit can come in. Now the spirit can come in. Now the glory can live there. But he said, he said, we demolish strongholds. Then he said, we demolish arguments. Verse 5 said we we demolish arguments. And he said in every proud thing, every high thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. He said and we take it every thought captive to obey Christ. We destroy arguments. We destroy them. We don't let Satan talk to us. We destroy arguments. Every high thing. Father, what did you say? Oh, do it that way? Okay, nothing less, nothing more. Because the argument, this is how we do deliverance, okay? This is how we do deliverance. We destroy it. Amen? Every high thing, every argument that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, say, knowledge of God, the education. What have you been taught? How many times you read in the scriptures? That's why I told y'all, read the epistles. Just read the epistles during this 40 days. I need you to get in touch with the apostolic conversation. How many times did he come to them and he tell them, don't forget the teachings that you were taught and to obey them. He constantly said, don't forget the teachers that you taught. Don't forget the, obey those that have the rule. Of, don't forget the, what they taught you and that you should listen to and that you should adhere to it. Follow me as I follow Christ. If i if I'm praying. Come on. If, I, if I'm fasting, follow me as I follow Christ. If I'm praying, you're praying. If not, you're not following. Oh, boy, I lost them again. If I'm fasting and you're not fasting, you're not following. If I'm in the Word and you're not in the Word, you're not following. If I'm fellowship, if I show up to teach you and you don't show up to learn, you're not following. Who established, what do we get the five-fold ministry from? The Word. We're not just talking, I'm an apostle, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher, I'm a watchman. We're not, that's the Word. So don't exalt yourself above the knowledge. Every thought process, of I ain't gotta go to, ch-. yes you do. So you ain't gotta go to church, but I gotta prepare a message. <laughs> you ain't gotta go to church, but I gotta teach. You ain't got to go to church, but I'm praying every day in the morning that the ministry grow, and you ain't got to go to church <laughs> What spirit are you hearing from? We hear from two different places. We have to destroy every high thing. every, every argument. Watch this. y'all have a seat <laughs> Arguments are conversations with opposition. That's what an argument is. It's a conversation with opposition. It's a conversation with you. That's what an argument is. If we agree, we ain't arguing. How many of y'all argue with God? You feel me? How many of y'all argue with the Father? So an argument is a conversation with the opposition. Our argument is, a conversation defending accusations. Eve was not demon-possessed. Eve was not demon-possessed. It was no 10-foot demon that jumped out the bush and grabbed her and said, eat from that tree. It was a conversation. Surely, he didn't say you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden. That's just how it started and she didn't destroy it. And you need to understand that. She didn't destroy it. And because she didn't destroy it, listen, she fed it to somebody else. That's why one of the six, the, the, uh, six daily things that he hated is sowing discord amongst brothers. Dissension. You're going you to eat... The things that Satan say, and then you're going to try to feed it to the people. That's why if y'all hear me, if y'all hear me bashing anybody over this pulpit, it's because I don't want their voice in this house. It's my house. The Father gave this to me to govern it, to oversee it. No voice will be louder than mine. Because the Bible says evil communication Come on. Corrupts good character. They're talking. You eat it. Now you disrespectful. And then while you disrespectful, you expect me to stay meek. No, I shall go to beast mode and destroy thee. <laughs> it was a time what look, this is, this is biblical stuff. It was a time Paul had to make somebody blind. You won't see for a season. It was the time he had to turn some brothers' bodies over to Satan so they saw it would be saved. Y'all don't understand. I'm telling you, read the word. Ananias and Sapphira, they, they lied to Peter. Did you not get this much for the property? <laughs> yeah, we did. Fell dead. Why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Why have you lied to God? Why have you allowed Satan to fill your heart? In order for Satan to fill your heart, that means one of two things. Either he owns the stronghold or there's no stronghold in the Lord. If Satan's going to fill your heart, the door had to be open. Soon as Jesus kissed Peter, I mean kissed uh, Judas. The Bible says Satan filled his heart immediately. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit or you can be filled with Satan. It's your decision. It's going to be dependent on a stronghold. If there's no stronghold in the Lord, then you're inviting Satan in. You need a, your mind needs a standard. Your mind needs a standard. Your heart needs a. St- your soul needs a standard. No, this will not happen in my life. This will not happen in my household. <laughs> then there's high things, high things that exalt themselves. This is when we advance ourselves against Abba's word or Abba's order. And we, we can use the traditional, you know, husband, wife, submit. We can use the ministry, submit. That's easy. You feel me? If, if, he, if he gives you a leader and he says submit to him and you decide you're not going to submit, what you're doing, you're exalting yourself above. If he gives you a husband and and your husband says this and you decide you're not going to do what your husband said, you're exalting yourself over. If, if, if he gives you a job and you go on your job and the boss make a mistake and an error and you get to talking about the boss, you're exalting yourself over. He said... Stay under his mighty hand. Under. He said if you stay under his hand, he'll exalt you. But if you get over it, it's the proof, watch this, that Satan is speaking to you. That's his behavior. I will exalt myself above the most high. And I see see it all the time in ministry. I see people intentionally, I'm going to elevate myself over the apostle. I'm going to try to get people to hear me like they hear him. It ain't going to happen. Heaven ain't going to let it. I ain't got to say nothing. Heaven not going to let it happen. Because you're exalting yourself above his word. And it's to those things that we have to tear it down. If they're in charge, obey. That's it. (laughs) That's why the Bible tells us to pray for leaders. You ain't got no right to talk about the president. You have no right, you have no authority on heaven or earth to say anything about any leadership, any person in leadership. But but America is prideful and lofty, and we exalt our opinions and what we think over everything. And we tell God, I ain't trying to hear what you say. It's what I think. And so the scripture says that what do we do to those things? We destroy them. We destroy them. That will not live in my mind. Because if it go to your mind, it's going to get in your soul. Then it's going to come out your heart. And too much of doing that, watch this, it becomes your personality. And now we got to cast the devil out. (laughs) Now we got to cast the demon out. So he says that he says, and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and he says, watch this, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Y'all hear this? Y'all see this? We, we take, this is what you do. This is what you do personally. You take every What's that word up there? Thought. He didn't say every word. He didn't say every gesture. Every thought. So, how is Satan running you? By your thoughts. It's just thoughts. He as a roaring lion. He ain't got no teeth. <laughs> He's as a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He's as a roaring lion. It's just conversation. Every thought. The demonic is, is simply the ministry of opposition and accusation from Satan. Look it up. That's all the demonic is. We think it's a big, huge giant. No. It is simply just thoughts. Satan just says a thing. He has somebody say something to you, and you eat it. That's all the demonic is. The demonic is, 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 is Satan's ministering angels. That's all it is. So when we have to cast a devil, are we casting conversations out? We're just casting thoughts out that you allowed to become a personality, that you would not let go, now it got you. So he said, we we destroy it and we bring it into captivity. We bring it into captivity. So we don't let our minds just go, we bring it into captivity. We put it in prison. We put it in a fortress. Verse 6 says, here we go. And when and we are ready to punish any disobedience, here we go. Y'all see that? Once, once what? Once your obedience is complete. We can put Satan in the figure four. We can jump off the top ropes, hit him with an elbow. We can't do it until your disobedience is gone. Once you start to obey the word, then it'll automatically come out. You can't fill yourself with the Father and Satan stay. You can't have the mind of Christ and the mind of Satan. You can't have, you got to make a choice because you can't, it's not your mind. I know you think it's, I got my own. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's either the mind of Christ or it's the mind of Satan. I think like myself. No, you don't. I know you think that. That thought is deception. <laughs> the very thought is deception. You either thinking like God and it's holy or you thinking like Satan and it's evil. Y'all see? You see this right here? You see she's jumping my message. You see that? She's a behavioral health doctor, so she deals with mental illness. (laughs) But that's the truth. That's all mental illness is. I told you, when I went to Nigeria, I'm sitting in a service, and the spirit says, what poverty is to Africa, mental health is to America. Who, who can win? The people are the people who can deal with mental health. That's why you were sent here. She's a, she's a behavior health doctor. And I'm just gifted to counsel people and pull people out, not because of just the gifting, of, because I had to pull myself out. I don't have enough time to tell you. <laughs> I don't have enough time to tell you. I should be in jail 10 times over. Come on, AD. Am I not lying? He gave a thumbs up. All right, y'all. I know (laughs) y'all. But we can't do anything. We can't punish disobedience until your obedience is complete. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. If he's still there, there's an invitation somewhere. It's either in your mind, your imagination, your understanding, your perception, your knowledge, it's either in your soul, your appetite, your aversions, or it's in your heart, your emotions, your intellect. This is why Jesus said what? Repent. First thing he said in this ministry, repent, change your mind. Change the way you think, because it's kingdom's kingdom coming. And the only reason why... That he had to cast those devils out of people is because he was the re- he was the redeemer. That's why when you look in the New Testament, you don't see all the all the the casting out devils among especially not among saints. Especially not among saints. There's not one time in the Bible where you see a church service or you see the brothers and sisters together and the devils getting cast out. And the, and the man who ran to him in, the, in, a, in, in Guardian, you got to realize that when Jesus arrived on the scene, I'm about to close. I'm not going to finish this. When Jesus arrived on the scene, God had not spoken for 400 years. You know what they was full of? Ten generations. That's ten generations. That's ten generations. That's where generational curses come from. 10 generations. You've been your your mama, your grandmama been doing the same thing. Now you your great grandmama did it, your grandmama did it, your mama do it, now you do it. Your great-grandfather did it, your grandfather did it, your father did it, now you do it. And where does that come from? The fact that your great-grandmama wasn't in the Lord. She didn't know God as a father, she didn't read the word, she didn't obey it, she passed it to her mother. <laughs> she passed it to your grandmother then your grandmother passed it to your mother, and now she's trying to give it to you. Your great-grandfather did some things, then he passed it to your grandfather, then he passed it to your father, now you're trying to give it to you. But the problem is, you showed up at Divine Generation Church, okay, <laughs> where we revealed a father, and it ended with you. It's the reason why he's telling you to renew your mind. Come on. But you can't renew your mind till you what? Tear down the stronghold. You got to want a new mind. It's the reason why. He came to, he had to rescue you. He had to pull you out the domain of the dark. You weren't coming out. You enjoyed it. Come on. We, we was enjoying ourselves. I was. I was enjoying myself until I hit a wall. And he was like, nah, people waiting on you. Enough is enough. People waiting on you. I hit a period in my life I couldn't find a job. I couldn't everything was going haywire. Haywire. I couldn't do nothing. Only thing I can say is, you know what? I'm giving my I tried everything. This is my, my exact conversation. Okay, on Bradley Street in Champaign, Illinois. I said, I didn't tried everything else. I'm giving my life back to you. And I left everybody. I didn't take nobody with me. Not Lot. <laughs> I didn't take nobody with me. All my, I see y'all later. I was 23 years old. I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Can't do this no more. He predestined you for something. He predestined you. Now, the God of eternity, who is your father, predestined. Can you think how great that is to the place where the Bible said their eyes have not seen, ears not, have not heard, neither has it entered into the mind? So you can daydream all you want to. You still can't see it. And at the height of what you're seeing is trash. is garbage. The spouse you think you want, you don't want that spouse. You want the one he has for you. I know you think you want somebody that's that's six foot five. No, I know you think you want that. I know you think you want her Coca-Cola. I know you think that's what you want. (laughs) Until she won't shut up. (laughs) Until you can't trust him. (laughs) I know that's what you think you want. But he knows. Me and this girl tried to run from each other. We, we ran. I went all the way to Louisiana. He said, go back and get her. <laughs> I was all the way to Louisiana. I was sitting at home. I'm sitting in the house, distraught. Like, what is going on with my life? And he's like, when you going to learn? Dark came up. I could feel his presence. Help him. When you going to listen to me? I got in the car. In the winter time, in which my thermostat went out to go and get that girl. What you think you want? You don't want that. Let him give it to you. He predestined it. Let us stand.